Al-Bayan Radio presents a brief explanation of the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi presented by Farhan bin Rafi' Ahmed. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah, nahmadu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'khiru wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyati amalina man yahdi illa falan udhallalahu man yudlil falan tajida lahu waliyan murshida wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah al-ahadu al-qahhar wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu rasooluh يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون. Indeed and indeed all praise and thanks belongs to Allah تبارك وتعالى alone who seeks His help, assistance and guidance in all things. He whom Allah تبارك وتعالى guides there is no misguidance for him and he whom Allah تبارك وتعالى leads astray there is no guidance for him except through the will and permission of Allah تبارك وتعالى alone. And I bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. And that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al-Hashim al-Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind. O oh, you who believe, fear Allah as he deserves to be feared and do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except, except that you are Muslims. رَبِّ اشْرَحْ لِي صَدْرِي وَيَسِرْ لِي أَمْرِي وَحْلِ الْعُقْتَةً مِنْ لِسَانِي يَفَوْ قَوْلِي Alhamdulillah, this is lesson 55 and today we take uh, hadith 35. But before we start that, we forgot to make one clarification last week about hadith 34. And that was regarding ordaining to the good and forbidding to the forbidding the evil al-amr bil-ma'roof wa nahi al-munkar. And we established one point out of three points of the conditions of ordaining to good and forbidding the evil. The first point of ordaining to the good and forbidding the evil is, as we mentioned last week, knowledge. You have to have the knowledge to ordain the good and forbid the evil, and we covered this last week. The second is we kind of touched on it last week, but we did not make it apparent specifically, is to look at the appropriateness of ordaining the good and forbidding the evil. As we mentioned, the example of Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah and his students who told them, his students not to ordain the good and forbid the evil to the Tatar who were drinking. Because when they were drinking, they were not harming and violating the rights of the Muslims. So he allowed them to be drunk. For the greater good. So the appropriateness is the second condition of Al-Amr bil-Ma'roof wa nahi al-Munkar. Ordaining to the good and forbidding the evil. The first was knowledge. The second was appropriateness. Seeing if there's going to be a greater good rather than creating a greater evil in doing the action that you are going to do. And the third is Ar-Rifq. Being gentle in what you are doing. And this is very, very important is that the people who we try to advise regarding the good and the evil are people who we want for them to accept our message. And this does not happen through being harsh and wanting to be very staunch with them. It has to be done with cool, calm and collected. Something that is the gentle approach. And this is more easier for the person to go against his desires and go against his whims and this is easier for him to accept the truth. So these are the three conditions of ordaining to good and forbidding to the, forbidding the evil. One, knowledge. Two, appropriateness. And three, what is it? Rifq, gentleness. Barakallahu feekum. Now hadith 35 is an Abi Hurairah radiallahu anhu qal. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la tahasadu wa la tanajashu wa la tabaghadu وَلَا تَدَابَرُوا وَلَا يَبِعْ بَعْضُكُمْ عَلَى بَيْعِ بَعْضُ 
وكونوا عباد الله إخوانا المسلم أخو المسلم لا يظلمه ولا يخذله ولا يكذبه ولا يحقره التقوى ها هنا ويشير إلى صدره ثلاث مرات بحسب امرئ من الشر أن يحقر أخاه المسلم كل كل المسلم على المسلم حرام كل المسلم على المسلم حرام دمه وماله وعرضه رواه مسلم The translation of the 35th hadith is on the authority of Abu Hurair radiallahu anhu reported that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Do not be envious of one another Do not artificially inflate prices against one another Do not hate Do not shun one another do not undercut one another in business transactions and be servants of Allah as fellow brothers. A Muslim is the brother of a Muslim. He does not oppress him, nor does he abandon him, nor lies to him, nor shows contempt for him. The Prophet wasallam then said, Piety is here. And he pointed into his chest three times. And then the Prophet stated, it is enough for a Muslim to hold his brother Muslim in contempt. All of a Muslim is inviolable to another Muslim, his blood, his property, and his honor. Collected by Imam Muslim, rahimahullah. Now, this is a very, very important hadith. And it is, as some scholars mentioned, the keys to a true Islamic society. And that which brotherhood is established upon. That which increases brotherhood. And we start off with the first hadith, first statement of the Prophet ﷺ. لا تحاسدوا. Do not be envious of one another. Al-hasad, envy, is something that is found in every human being. Hasad, envy, is found in every human being. It is a natural state that a person can be in. It's something that is a natural emotion. However, the general meaning in the context of the Sharia is that a person hates for another person that surpasses him in that which is good. That a person hates for another person to surpass him in that which is good. That another person has more good than him. He sees a blessing that he doesn't have in another person. Now, this takes many different forms. This takes many different scenarios. And what I'm going to give you is six different types as mentioned, as based upon the work of Ibn Rajab, rahimahullah, in this hadith. Now, the first form that envy takes is that a person sees a blessing upon someone and then he tries to remove this blessing directly from the other person through oppression, evilness, whether it be through speech or action for him to receive this blessing. Again, is that a person sees a blessing on another person and then that person tries to remove the blessing from the person the blessing is with. And he does it directly through either statements or actions. 
And he does it so that he receives this blessing from that person. An example. A brother who is single sees his brother get engaged to another Muslim. And so this person, first person, goes up to the family of the girl and says, the person who your daughter is engaged with is a liar, a stealer, a womanizer, and all of this is evil. And then he says, it's better for you that I yani, engage your daughter. It's better for you because I'm upright. This person is evil. So he's trying to remove the blessing that he has. The brother's already engaged. So he goes to the family through his speech and his actions. He's trying to not only remove the blessing from this brother, he's also trying to get that blessing for himself. So he goes and he tries to sabotage this blessing that the person has and he does it for his own personal benefit. This is the first type. And this is haram. No, let's check on this. This is haram. The second type is the person who sees a blessing on another person. And he tries to remove that blessing from that person without trying to attain the blessing for himself. The second type is a person seeing a blessing on another person. And he tries to remove the blessing from that person through his actions or his statements without trying to get it for himself. He doesn't want the blessing. He just can't see that person having this blessing. So a person, for instance, is divorced. And then he hears that his ex-wife is going to get married. So he doesn't want this girl anymore. He doesn't want this woman anymore. But what he does is that he goes to the family of the girl now, yani the one that the girl is getting married to, and he begins to lie about her. That when we were married, we did, he, she was evil. She wasn't good. She was not upright. She was someone who didn't keep her chastity. And, 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 continues to lie. Now he does this evilness through his speech and his actions, not so that he gets this blessing. Right? He just wants her to not have a blessing. So he's going to do this just because he wants to remove a blessing from another person. And this takes many different folds. It takes many different examples. This is just one example. That someone does something, yani if we take the first example again, that for instance a brother is engaged and another person goes to the family and says that that person is evil. Don't marry your daughter to him. Not that he wants the girl now. He just doesn't want that brother to be engaged and doesn't want him to be happy. He doesn't want to see him with the blessings. So he goes and tries to sabotage. This is the difference between the first and the second. He goes and tries to sabotage it just for the fact that he doesn't want her, him to be happy. That's it. He doesn't want to see the blessing on him. And this is the second type. Now, both of these are haram. Unanimously, there's no doubt in it. However, the second is more evil and is worse than the first. Because the first, he was doing it, he was at least getting a benefit out of it. The second is just evil. The second is just khalas, he's just doing it just to cause mischief on the earth, 
to cause corruption on the earth. He's not doing it for even a personal benefit. He's just doing it because he can't seek khair anyway. So that is worse in its evilness, even though both are evil. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. Now there is a hadith that is weak in uh, Abi Dawood. He collected it in his uh, Sunan, where Abu Huray radiallahu an says, عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إياكم والحسد فإن الحسد يأكل الحسنات كما تأكل النار الحطب إياكم والحسد Beware of hasad, of envy Be cautious of envy Why? Because the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم says Because indeed envy eats away the sins of a person The good deeds of a person, عفواً why? is because indeed envy eats up the good deeds of a person Just as fire eats the wood Just how when you burn a piece of wood It gets eaten by the fire It takes the piece of wood The fire corrupts it Just as that is the case That is what hasad does It eats your sin, your deeds, your good deeds It takes away from your good deeds And that is something that is very, very dangerous. Now, why is this the case? Yani why is there such a massive sin on envy? Why is it such a big deal? Is because, in essence, you are going against being pleased with the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written. Alhamdulillah. You are going against what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written and you are upset at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained yani everything. You're going against how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wrote everything. So in turn, you are actually going against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why this is such a big deal. Now the third type of hasad, of envy, Ibn Rajab rahimahullah mentions, is that the envy that is natural to a person. The envy that is natural to a person. However, it is not acted upon. He doesn't say anything evil, nor does he do anything evil, nor does he want it to be removed from the person. He just has envy. He's envious of the person. Or he's envious of that thing that he has. But he doesn't do anything to take it away. For instance, someone, he sees يعني, a car. He sees يعني, a Merc. Hypothetically speaking, a Mercedes, AMG. And he sees it, and he wants it. It's a natural thing. He just he doesn't say, I hope it gets removed from him. I hope يعني, he falls, يعني, he gets in an accident. He doesn't say anything. Right? He just wants the car. However, he doesn't do anything about it. He doesn't do anything. He just, it's such a nice car. I wish I had it. And then walks on. خلاص. Over here, the scholars say, this is his trial. This is his test. And so no sin comes upon him if he doesn't act upon it. If he doesn't do anything to act upon this urge of his, or if he doesn't try to sabotage that person through statements, goes cuts, and he goes says uh, about the person that he bought it on riba, for instance, his car, or through his actions, he goes and he uh, punctures his tire on purpose. Right? He doesn't do anything to sabotage that person's life to try to remove the blessing from him. So over here, the scholars state. That just because it's a natural thing, he hasn't done anything, it's just a thought that's come to him, he just wants the car, he doesn't want it to be removed from anyone else, he has no يعني, ill intention towards anyone. The scholars say over here that 
he is not sinful for this. When does he become sinful? If he keeps thinking about it. If he keeps going back on it. So over here, he sees a car, he leaves. And then it's on his mind. Ah, that's such a good car. Such a good car. I wish I had that car. To the point where he starts hoping that that person doesn't have it. If he continuously goes over it in his mind, the scholars say over here, because it will lead to a sin, this is where a person can become sinful. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. Now, another form of envy is the one who is envious, but he does not want it to be removed from the other person. He envies. He just wants it. However, the difference from this and the one that before is that he wants this blessing, but he aims for it himself. So, he works to have like it. So, the, this type is the one who is envious of someone for a blessing that they have, but he doesn't want it to be removed from that person. He just wants it. But what he does, the last person didn't do anything. This person tries to get like it. The one before, he saw the car and he walked off and he didn't do anything. He didn't try to do extra business. He didn't try to work harder for it. He didn't try to invest. He didn't try to do anything. He just walked off. This type is, he's not envious, he's not, he's envious. He doesn't want it to be removed from the person, but he tries to do yani, more for him to attain it. Now this can happen in different forms. For instance, if he sees, yani, like we mentioned, the car, he tries to work harder for it. He tries to work harder for it. Now, this is of two types, and this type here that we're specifically talking about is for the matters of the dunya. For the matters of the dunya. So he tries to exert himself for the dunya. He doesn't want it removed, he just tries to push himself to have like it. So you see someone with a car, it's a nice car, I want that car, so I'm going to push myself for that car. He doesn't want it to be removed, he just wants that car. So over here, in the matters of the dunya, whether it's something like a car, whether it's property, whether it's status, whether it's anything like that, Ibn Rajab rahimahullah says, لا خير في ذلك. There's no goodness in it. However, it is not a sin. If you see something, and you want to have like it in the dunya, as long as you don't do anything haram to get it, as long as you're not trying to remove it from the person, or you hope that that blessing is removed from someone else, that is just encouragement of a dunya sense. It is not haram. However, Ibn Rajab says, لا خير في ذلك. There isn't any goodness. Why? It's because this will not help you in your akhirah. It's something that's limited to the dunya. It's something that's worldly. So obviously there is no benefit in the akhirah for you. So this is something that you should try to avoid. However, it is not haram. And يعني, if we see... This is mentioned in the Quran, Quran where the people that were around Qarun, they said in Surah Qasas verse 79, how, would, how amazing would it be if we had what was given to Qarun? Yani just from the wealth, the status. So it's not something that is encouraged. It's something that's seen as generally a negative thing. However, it is not haram to want to have to want to have money and try to work for it, for instance. Now the fifth type is that the envy is present and he does not want it to be removed from the one who has it, and he works to have like it 
But what is envious of is from the matters of the religion. The first one was the dunya. This one is the deen. So he sees something. He doesn't want it to be removed from the person. He wants to do something for it. He acts out on it. And it is revolving around the issues of the religion. Now this is encouraged and this is good. This is good and encouraged because it is encouragement in the matters of religion. And the Prophet ﷺ was always, for instance, hoping to gain martyrdom, to be a martyr fi sabilillah, to be a shaheed. So you can hope for good things. And the Prophet ﷺ says, uh, and the hadith Allahu Alam is muttafaq alayh wa Ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu states qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la hasada illa fitnatayn there is no hasad that should be present except in two these are the two types of hasad envy that you can have what are the two rajulun atahu Allah malan fasullita ala halakatih fil haq that the person is given wealth and he spends his wealth properly. He has wealth and he spends it in a good manner. The second is The second is that a person is given knowledge and he judges according to it and he teaches. So over here, the Prophet ﷺ is saying, you can hope and be envious for even money, but why? So that you can spend it in truth. So you can spend it in a good manner. And the second is that you can hope for knowledge and be envious of knowledge so that you can judge according to the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and teach. This is two. In another wording of this hadith, as found in Sahih al-Bukhari, Rajulin آتَاهُ اللَّهُ الْكِتَابَ وَقَامَ بِهِ آنَاءَ اللَّيْلِ That another person was given the Qur'an and he stood with this Qur'an in the days and the nights. So you be envious of this person for this reason so that you can pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using the Qur'an that Allah has given. So it's a blessing. You don't see a hafiz. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all of the huffad. You don't see someone with a hif of the Qur'an and you say, I hope he gets, he doesn't become a hafiz. I hope he forgets it. And I hope I become a hafiz instead. And I hope that I lead the prayers instead of this person. You don't think that. What you're supposed to have is you're supposed to be encouraged of this. You're supposed to be envious. I wish I had what he had. But not just be envious, you act out on that envy. You try to push yourself to get that blessing. So this is good. And another... Uh, another wording of the same hadith رَجُلٍ أَتَاهُ اللَّهُ مَالًا فَهُوَ يَتَصَدَّقُ بِهِ That a person Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given wealth so that he spends in charity. This is another form that you are allowed to be envious. يعني the person has wealth and you hope that you give charity because you don't have it. Now the sixth form of envy is the pinnacle of envy. The last one is also, يعني we've seen over here, the fifth is something that is good. However, the sixth is the goal. The sixth is what we aim to be. What is it? Is that a person feels envy. 
And see, this, this religion, subhanAllah, it's very realistic. It doesn't say, oh, don't feel envy. It's very realistic. And you're going to feel envy. But what is the best case scenario? Is that when a person sees in his heart that he is envious of something, of someone, then he tries to remove his envy from his heart. He tries to remove this envy that he finds. And he does this by showing goodness to the one he envies. And by making dua for the person he envies. And by يعني, telling others regarding the goodness that the person he envies. He spreads the word about the good about this person. And he fights his nafs to the point where he loves that his Muslim brother is better than him and has more than him. This is the peak. That you fight yourself. So much so is that you are happy that your brother has more than you. And that your brother has, is better than you. You're happy for this. This is rare. <laughs> this is the ultimate goal. Where someone sees something, not just down in his envious, he fights his nafs. And he says, I shouldn't be envious of this person. And not just fighting his nafs, he gets to a point where not just being envious, he starts beginning to love his brother. And not just love his brother, love that his brother has more than him, and loves that his brother is better than him. This is the highest point. And Imam Rajab rahimahullah says, that this is the highest points of Iman. This is the pinnacle of Iman, of faith. And the one who has this trait, has complete faith. His iman is kamil. It's complete. And this is because he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. Remember the hadith that we took that's found in both Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim on the authority of Anas radiallahu an. La yu'minu ahadukum hatta yuhibba li akhihi ma yuhibba li nafsih. No, none of you truly believe. Completely believes. None of you completely believes until what? He loves for his brother what he loves for himself. So until you have this trait, that is يعني, a shortcoming in one's faith. And this is what we should all aim to achieve. I thought we might finish this hadith today, but now I'm becoming doubtful. But the second statement of the Prophet wasallam is, وَلَا تَنَاجَشُوا And do not artificially inflate the prices against one another. Now, a najash in the context of fiqh, it means to increase the price of an item by one who does not intend to purchase it. To increase the price of an item by one who does not intend to purchase it. Either to benefit the seller or to harm the buyer. To increase the price of an item. Who's doing this increase? Someone who doesn't want to even buy it. And who is doing it? Why is he doing it, Afwan? He's doing it either because he wants to benefit the person who's selling or the person who's buying, he wants him to be harmed. Now an example, this is haram. There's so many hadith about this. It is clear cut. And this hadith, the la over here is to show that it's forbidden. This is something that should not be done. But examples of this is, for instance, three Belmore Road, Belmore, goes up for auction. <laughs> he knows what that is. 
three Belmore Road, Belmore, goes up for auction. And this brother owns a house. And he tells me, that house is my house. We have an auction. I need you to be there to keep putting up the price and put an offer. And bro, you don't have to buy it. Don't worry about it. But I just want you to increase the price to the person who wants to buy it gets me more money. So the price at the auction is 800000 So I say eight fifty. And the other person who really wants it is like, man, this place is really good. That guy wants it for eight fifty nine hundred. And then I don't have any intention to buy it. I'm just trying to help out my mate. So I say nine fifty. And now this person is, oh man. I don't I, I'm getting FOMO. I, he's already inflated the price. How much? A hundred thousand. And so now he says, Alright, khalas, we'll go a million. I'll get it out. Khalas, let's just do this. Finish. So he's increased the price hundreds of thousands of dollars, but the person who was bidding against had no intention of buying the property. Over here, it's inflating the price against one another. And this is haram. This is not allowed. Another example, something that's not a house, but same type of thing is, for instance, someone goes to the shop and there's one item left. right? There's only one cookie left. And... Yani the, the person of the shop, he, he knows that there's only one, one left. So he gets his friend to come in. And same concept. It's the last one, I'll give you 10 bucks for it. And the other guy's, no, I really want it. I'll give you 15 for it. And the, no, 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 I really need this. And he has no intention of buying it. So it's this artificial inflation of the price just so the person gets more money. The opposite is that I hate this person. And I know he really wants this house. For instance, it's his childhood home. And he will do anything for it. And I know he'll do anything for it. So I go to the auction just to hurt this person. That he says 800, I'm doing 850 just because I don't want him to get it cheap. I want to inflate the price to hurt this person. And then he knows that he really wants it. He says 900. And so I just I know that he'll pay whatever money he has. And I know he has a million dollars. And so I'll say 950. And I want him to, he's increased the price 200,000 on him. Why? Not so the person, he doesn't care about the guy who's selling the house. He just wants to hurt this person now. This is also haram. Now Ibn, uh, Ibn Rajab, rahimahullah, he states that this is najash uh, يعني, in uh, يعني, the context of the sharia. However, the word najash, it means something in the linguistic form. So Ibn Rajab, rahimahullah, states that perhaps... In this meaning, in this wording, it covers all of Najash. And what is Najash in the linguistic form? Is to attain something through means of deception. And Najash in, in يعني, the, the linguistic meaning of it is to attain something through deception. And this covers many forms of deception, especially in financial transactions. So, Ibn Rajab rahimahullah mentions. That for instance, it covers deceiving, being deceiving in regards to a defect. Being deceiving in regards to a defect. Yani, the engine is making funny noises and the guy says, it's a special edition turbo and that's why it's making that noise. Right? But the engine is just kharban. So he's being deceiving, he's painting it in a different picture. Right? So over here, this is part of being deceiving, which is forbidden. 
The second is, for instance, that Ibn Rajab rahimahullah mentions, hiding a defect, hiding it. So for instance, he sells uh, a table and inside a drawer is something that is broken and he has sealed it up and covered it in a way that no one will see. He's hiding the defect. The third type that is a form of deception is selling something less superior by showing that which is more superior. Showing some, selling something someone has ajwa from three years ago. Okay, he's got a card of ajwa, dates. And when he goes to sell these dates, he shows the ajwa that's fakhir from this year, that's fresh. And that's on top, for instance, or he goes taste it, and he pulls one out of his pocket. And he says, isn't this great? And he sells it, and the person is believing that he's getting something superior, but the person who's receiving it, he know, and the person who gets it, he gets three-year-old ajwa, nothing that he tasted, completely dried out, horrible stuff that you don't want to break your fast on. Right? So over here, this is also means of deception to make a sale, and this is also forbidden. Then the Prophet ﷺ, he says, <coughs> وَلَا تَبَاغَضُوا And do not hate one another. Do not hate one another. Now, hating one another for the sake, for a sake other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yani hating someone just because you're following your whims and desires is something that is forbidden. Something that is haram. Now, this covers hating someone and also that which makes you hate someone. That is also haram. So things like ghibah, backbiting, things like namima, slandering someone, this is all haram. That which makes spread the word to cause hatred between people, this is also something that is haram. And you are ordered by your faith to love because يعني, if you're not allowed to hate someone, you are ordered to love but يعني, in Islam, your brothers and sisters that are Muslim Because of the Tawheed that they have Because of the Islam that they have Because of the Ta'a that they have The worship that they do of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The Taqwa that they display The Ibadah that they are doing يعني, this, These are the reasons why you are supposed to love someone On the bare minimum that they are Muslim So this is one type As for the one who comes with innovation in their faith or some sort of deficiency in this regard, then you are allowed to hate them for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, your hatred of them needs to be measured. You can't go to an extreme. The hatred of them should be limited to this deviancy or this innovation that they have. Not, and you have to understand that if someone is still a Muslim and is engaging in something that is an innovation, then you hate that portion, you don't hate the entire being. He's still a Muslim. He still has rights as a believer. <coughs> However, the one who is calling to innovation, the leaders of innovation, it is appropriate to have the hate for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, we have to remember that we have to be measured and we do not go into extremes. Now, how does one increase the love between brothers? And how does one يعني, establish love between the community 
uh, on the authority of Abu Huraira, which is collected in Sahih Muslim, قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم والذي نفسي بيده لا تدخلون الجنة حتى تؤمنوا. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم stated as collected as narrated by Abu Huraira رضي الله عنه that by the one in whose soul my heart rests, by the hand in whose by the one in whose hand my soul rests. يعني a promise of Allah, a promise of the Prophet, an oath by the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم takes this oath and says. You will not enter the paradise until you believe. لا تدخلون الجنة حتى حتى تؤمنوا. That you will not enter the paradise until you believe. ولا تؤمنوا حتى تحابوا. And you do not truly believe until you love one another. أولا أدلك أولا أدلكم على شيء إذا فعلتموه تحاببتم. Should I not inform you of a, of a thing that you do that will increase the love between you all? Afshu salama baynakum, spread the salam between one another. And this is as a remedy for this issue. The Prophet ﷺ says that you don't go to Jannah unless you love one another. That's the final measure. You don't go into the Jannah unless you're a believer. You don't believe until you love one another for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the Prophet وسلم, is saying that this love sometimes it needs to be built, it needs to be increased, it needs to be worked on. And how is it done? Through spreading the salam. Afshu salama baynakum. Spread the salam. And this is a means for love to be placed in the hearts for one another. Then, quickly, we have a little bit left to go. Uh, and do not shun one another. Do not shun one another. And this is a tadabur. This is when two people turn their backs on one another. They abandon one another. They break the ties between each other. They shun away from each other. Wala tadabaru. Do not shun one another. And there are two types of shunning in Islam. There is one shunning. You need to turn your backs away from one another in Islam. There is one type that is done from the matters of the dunya. There is one aspect of turning away from one another when it's something from the worldly affairs. Now if someone is harmed from someone, from a worldly issue, or if something is in the heart for, for, for another person because of a worldly issue, then this is, yani the ruling on this is that you cannot abandon that person for more than three days. You are allowed to be angry, you're allowed to feel that hurt. You're allowed to distance yourself. However, it should not be longer than three days. The Prophet says it's found in the hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, in Sahih Muslim, which is muttafaq alayh, an Abi Ayyub al-Ansari radiallahu anhu qala qala nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la yahjur muslimun akahu fawqa thalathin. That a Muslim is not meant to abandon his Muslim, to shun his Muslim brother, to turn away from his Muslim brother for longer than three days. Three days, that's your limit. And then the Prophet ﷺ shows what is this shunning. That they meet each other and this one turns his back on him and this one turns his back on him. They don't want to meet each other. And then the Prophet ﷺ says, And the best of the two is the one who engages the salam first. That's the one out of the two who meet each other. They want to. The best of those two is the one who says the salam first. 
The second type of shunning, يعني before we get to that, what happens if someone's toxic? What happens if someone is just a horrible person to be around? You can't stand the blood because he actually is a toxic human being. What do you do? So this hadith says that the form that you are not allowed to do is that when you see someone, you turn away from him and he turns away from you. However, you are allowed to distance someone, Allahu alam, if they have a negative impact on your mental health, they have a negative impact on your soul, they have a negative impact on you. For the dunya matters, anxiety, the blood gives anxiety. So you are allowed to distance yourself from him, in the sense where you don't have to go out of your way to call him every day and ask him how is he doing. You don't have to go and send him a Facebook message or WhatsApp message, comment on his posts, you don't have to do that. You are allowed to distance yourself from someone. However, if you do see that person, you are not allowed to just run out. Oh my God, he's here. Oh my God, get out of here. You're not allowed to do that. You have to go and say salam. Or if salam is engaged, you have to respond to the salam. You can't just run amok and say, no, this person brings me anxiety, I can't do it. Alright, so there is a limit. You can distance yourself from people who bring you negative impact on your mental health and give you anxiety or whatever it is. That's not an issue, especially if someone is, for instance, showing narcissistic traits or, for instance, if someone is a very toxic individual. Brothers and sisters, right? Whether it's, sometimes even if it's family members, right? Cousins, extended family, whatever it is. It is not a sin to distance yourself from harm. However, if there is a scenario where you are supposed to engage with them, for instance, the day of Eid, or for instance, you see them in a, in a, in a gathering, for instance, in an invitation, then you go and say salam, you do the pleasantries, but you don't have to engage, make a, a, a date for later, or يعني, gather them with the family, something, you don't have to go out of your way for it. And this is something that is very important, inshallah, and continuing, the second type of يعني, uh, distancing yourself from someone, uh, shunning someone, abandoning someone else, is that which is done for a religious matter. The shunning that is done for a religious matter. Now a person can be shunned for a religious matter if there is a benefit for it. If there is a benefit for it, then a person can be distanced, a person can be abandoned, a person, irhamakallah, a person can be يعني, distanced from, no problems, for longer than three days. And a person... Ibn Rajab states that Imam Ahmad stated that it is permissible to shun the people of innovations, those who innovate, those whose innovations are extreme and apparent, and those who call onto whims and desires. Again, Ibn Rajab stated that Imam Ahmad said that it is permissible to shun the people of innovations, to abandon the people, hajr, do hajr, shun them, to abandon them. The people of innovations, those whose innovations are extreme and apparent and those who call onto whims and desires. And this is something that is allowed and permissible. When it comes to the matters of religion, you are allowed to take these steps so that no harm comes to you. So Ibn Sirin rahimahullah stated, the great Tabi'i, the student of Abu Huraira, he said that we don't listen to the Qur'an of a deviant. Is there any statement that is better than the Qur'an? There is no statement that is better than the Qur'an. But why did he say this? So that there isn't a reverence that is put to this person. That he's saying Qur'an initially and then maybe his tafsir that he gives after this is corrupt. If it's corrupted. So this taking a distance from the people of innovation and abandoning the people of innovation, this is something that was done by our salaf. 
and I think يعني, with this we still have a lot of the hadith to go uh, I think with this inshallah we'll continue next week if uh, anyone has any questions they can uh, post it on the live stream the sisters if any of the brothers of Allah wa barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam jazakum khairan this program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio 